Twent, Giatha Regisogs, Duis Duis, Gisa Sette. Twent, Giatha Taylor, Disne, Gisa Sette, Direch Hawks. And welcome to the Tusky Talks Podcast. I'm just kidding. Uh, what you heard in the beginning of the episode was me and my co-host Taylor introducing ourselves in Skurura. Um, on this episode, we have a really cool interview with my Gusu, um, my grandma, Dorothy Chu. Um, but before we get to the interview, we have a quick PSA from our sponsors. Did you know factory farm livestock are major sources of methane? No way! Yeah, a greenhouse gas that is about 28 times more potent than CO2. What? The livestock industry is actually responsible for almost 15% of all human-caused greenhouse gas emissions. 15%? Mm-hmm. You know what you can do to reduce your meat intake? Try establishing Meatless Mondays. Huh. But if you still need your protein fix, buy some grass-fed beef, which is slightly more eco-friendly. Or, if you've got a hunter in your family, deer and other game animals are also greener alternatives. No way! I love hunting! Welcome back to Tusky Talks. Uh, today's a really special episode for me, um, because for as long as I can remember as a kid, going over my grandma's house um, meant seeing and being around a lot of lacrosse sticks, and lacrosse sticks being woven, and people being around getting lacrosse sticks fixed, and I always thought it would be a cool idea to interview my grandma about her day's weaving sticks for Tuskegee Crafts, which at one time was the largest producer of lacrosse sticks in the entire world. Um, today the barn is 180 years old. Most people know Tuskegee Crafts as the barn, and if you remember it, you remember going there and getting your stick strung up or fixed or getting your own stick or whatever. Um, Today, the barn is no longer operating, so to have my Graham share this uh, piece of her history with us is very special to me. So, here's my interview with my Graham. Hope you guys like it. For the Tusk Talks podcast, I'm here with my grandma, Dorothy Chu of the Tusk Nation. She is a, a snipe clan, um, just like me. The first question I have for Dorothy, since we were talking about weaving lacrosse sticks, is how she got started weaving lacrosse sticks, and where she got started weaving lacrosse sticks at. Okay, the first time I wove sticks was back in 1970. I had to go down to the the barn, they call it, Tuscaway Crafts, and they taught me there. And uh, Mary Rickard worked there at the time. She would cut all the materials, and we would take our sticks and our materials home like on a Monday, and then Tuesday would we would return them, finished, and then pick up more sticks and take them home and weave them. How many sticks would you weave in a sitting, you think? Generally, we take a dozen. A dozen? That is a lot. A dozen a lot. at a time. But if we, were, if we were rushed for an order, we would have to maybe take more sometimes. Oh, yeah. How fast could you string one up? Probably 15 minutes from start to finish. Wow. How many do you think you guys got out a week? Uh, back in the day, probably hundreds. Wow. wow. Because at one point in time, we had at least six weavers. Wow. All just weaving lacrosse sticks being produced. Right. And then I learned how to weave them, and then Mary got sick, so they asked me to take over, so I w- went to the barn from... 8 to 3 every day, 
and cut the materials for the girls to come and get their sticks and take them home. And I would have to remind them they have to be back here tomorrow for an order. And we shipped them all over, Japan, Australia. Even like world worldwide like that? Yes. And Canada. Canada, we had a lot of sticks. We also did um, repairs. We got a lot of sticks to repair. Because people didn't really know how to string their own. Or no. They would no. just kind of need, need a fixer if a string got blown out. And especially wood sticks. Back then, they were all the wood. And nobody made wood sticks, so they heard of Mr. Patterson and sent them to us. They'd be all broken up and not so pretty. Yeah. But by the time we finished them and sent them back to them, they'd look brand new. You can talk more about Wesley Patterson? Right. Wesley Patterson was a big force in lacrosse. From what I hear, he owns the record in college lacrosse from when he played at UMass. Yes, he scored 25 goals in one game. And I believe it still holds up today. That's crazy. That's crazy. I can't imagine, like, just what that looked like. <laughs> <laughs> How do you even do that? You just win every face-off and score? Well, he was such a big person, he probably could just shove people out of the way. He was like... plowed through people. He was like 6'8". So he wow. was a big person. 6'8"? That makes sense, then. <laughs> do you know of how he got started in making sticks and actually making wooden sticks? I really don't know. I know he was he went to University of Mass, moved to Baltimore, got a job teaching down there, met his wife. They had three children. And in the summertime he would come up to his mom his mom and dad's place and somehow he just started making sticks. He'd come up he started coming up in the summertime to work on the sticks. There would be a lot of teenagers from the res that would go down and bend them. And then there were men in the barn that would finish the sticks off. That's cool. And back in the day, he had to go in the woods and find his own wood, which would be shagbark hickory. And that's what he used for most sticks? Yes. All of them? We have, yeah. we have a ton of that around here in all most of yeah. our woods. We have a lot of shagbark hickory. Well, back then he couldn't find a lot, yeah. so so he ended <laughs> up having it trucked in. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. He put orders in, and a big old uh, semi-truck would bring his wood. That's how many orders they had to fill. Right. Yeah. right. And back then it was all wood sticks. And then along came plastic. Yeah. Huh. And plastic... We, we still did a lot of sticks because we wove the plastic heads, and he made the wooden handles for them. They didn't have the titanium and all that yeah, back then. Yeah, the plastic molded heads, right? Right. He was, the, he was the first one to make a plastic molded lacrosse head, right? He did. He tried a girl's, but it was too heavy. And then Brian, I believe the company Brian was the first plastic head makers. That took off, and now today I, I don't know how many... Yeah. Right, because they're so lightweight. The wood stick became heavy compared to the plastic, so everybody went with plastic. And you brought today a wood stick with you made by Wesley himself. It's all wooden for people who can't see it. Um, obviously, you can't see it because you're listening on the radio right now. <laughs> this is a podcast. Podcast. But it's a all wood uh, woman stick. It's shorter than a men's stick, and it's got a, the flat pocket. Um, and on the side of it, it says Patterson, Tuscarora Nation, West Patterson. Um, and who strung this stick? 
I so this did. Is really cool. She brought this in. <laughs> but I had I I asked him to make me a stick. I wanted one made by him because he wasn't going to be around forever. So he made one. I wove it. And he said, oh, she wants a stick made by the legend. (laughs) And this actual stick, he ended up making a line of sticks called the legend. The women's stick. The legend. And and I have the first one he made. Nice. So you talk about what it was like working there and stringing sticks. A lot of things people might not know is how much you traveled working at the barn and where you got to travel to. I did. I traveled all over Canada. I've probably been to every province in Canada. And back in the day, they had a girls' Iroquois national team that Wesley's wife was the, um, she started it, more or less. Sue, Sue Krogan was the coach. I was the general manager, and that's how we traveled all over Canada, with the girls. We even went to Calgary with the girls, Back when they were building the uh, skating, the big skating rink for the Olympics when it was held in Calgary. Wow. I don't even know what year that would be. And we've even (laughs) been to Lake Louise and Banff, which is a beautiful area. But yes, we've been to about every province in Canada. And you were playing? playing? No, I didn't play. I was the general manager. Oh. I had to wash the uniforms and stuff. That's cool. It's travel. Right. To be a part of that is. And also, we went down to Baltimore every year for a demonstration. It was a festival of world nations where people from all over the world showed their crafts. And Wes- Wesley took his miniature bender and steamer, and I was there to demonstrate the weaving. And that was held every year, too. So you, can you imagine how many people watched you weave a lacrosse stick and went and tried doing it on their own? And, yes. And how many people thought about producing them? And, and now today, I, I told my grandsons, any good lacrosse player knows how to repair their own stick. So they all learned how to repair their own stick because they thought they were good players, which they were really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to figure out how to move it. We have our own sticks where we get yelled at. Yeah. <laughs> or actually, just growing up around it so much with so much string, and you guys always stringing up sticks, and everyone kind of everyone around you knowing how to string up sticks, it was kind of easy to right. know, learn at least learn how to repair your own if you had to. Well, back in the day, we had all women weavers. Today, we see a lot of men weaving now. Yeah, and yeah, even today, like on social media, there's a lot of. There's a lot of people who might not even play the sport necessarily, but they love weaving and they love stringing the sticks and they love making different pockets and doing all different kinds of creative things. And it's, 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 it's really interesting how it's grown and how a lot of people, a lot of people really enjoy doing it and enjoy making, enjoy crafting sticks for right. lacrosse. So, and the game of lacrosse has grown tremendously yeah. in the last mm-hmm. yeah. 40 years. Yeah. And that's, this is one of my our last topics we have for you. Um, was what do you think the impact Tuscarora Nation and like the barn and has had on lacrosse over the years, with you know Wesley's impact and your impact and people traveling? I here? believe it was a tremendous impact because Mr. Patterson and his wife 
started at La Crosse at Niagara Wheatfield High School. They were the first public school to play boys lacrosse because no other uh, no other schools had it, only private schools. So they just played private schools. And today I think every high school in, in the yeah. western New York area plays now. Yeah. So that was a tremendous impact. Yeah, and I think 30 years later or 40 years later, all these high school teams have high school right. lacrosse players now. Players from those teams go on to play in college and changes mm-hmm. lives Professional and stuff like that. So yeah. It's really, it's cool. It's really and it's awesome that it came right from here, right? down an upper mountain road. Exactly. <laughs> it started right yeah. here. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, that's all the time we have with Dorothy today. I want to give a big nyawa to my Graham coming on the show. Uh, do you have anything else to say? Anything you want to? No, that's about it. All right. Yeah. Nyawa. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't so hard to hear. Just... And before we close out the show, a quick word from our sponsors. Hey guys, Bernie the Burn Barrel here uh, for another quick PSA. <coughs> hey, what you doing over there? Huh? Burning my trash. What? Gwass! Burning garbage today isn't the same as a generation ago. Today, with so much plastic in our garbage, burning puts your family's health at risk. Oh, really? How? Cancer, birth defects, learning disabilities, and asthma are a few of the health problems caused by the toxic chemicals released from burning garbage. Instead of burning your waste, use your local garbage collection service or take it to the county landfill. Better yet, compost and recycle. Remember, if you burn it, you breathe it. Welcome back to the show. I just have one post-interview correction that uh, interview with my gram. Um, she mentioned that Wesley has the record for most goals in a game in NCAA history, um, which is true. He actually, It's actually 13 goals versus Dartmouth, but the real record he holds is the most goals in a two-game span, which he actually scored those 13 goals versus Dartmouth and 12 versus Tulane, which gave him 25 goals in a single weekend, which is still a record till today. Um, another cool thing I want, I wish I could have discussed with my grandma she was here, but it's going to have to be in like the post-interview credits is just the idea that, uh, weaving a lacrosse stick and having a woven lacrosse stick, um, even from leather and like just having it strung like that, um, is a lot, it's going to be more of a lost art now that companies are coming out with sticks that have already molded pockets and they're already, they come pre-strung already. Um, so it'll be interesting to be a whole generation of lacrosse players who will have their sticks strung for them yeah it's crazy you know you just go into a store and pick it up off the shelf it's comes already strung it's kind of sad yeah and there's a whole generation of us who had to <laughs> find someone who could string to get, get a <laughs> stick together so uh it's really cool in that sense that we have that piece of history and Tuscarora was so important to that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but yeah that was pretty much all of my thoughts on the interview um, hopefully we can get her on for another podcast in the future. That'd be really cool. Yeah, I'm sure she's got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, for announcements for this month, um, Taylor, what do you have for us this month? Well, Brad, there's a lot of things going on this month that TEP is sponsoring. Hmm. Um, on March 23rd at the Tuscarora Nation House from 6 to 8, Everyone is welcome to join us for an evening with Norma General. She's a woman from Six Nations. 
um, and she'll be talking to us about uh, honoring women in our communities and Native women's resilience. Sounds important. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of her talk, a Native Roots Artist Guild member uh, will present a beadwork and quilting project uh, that will honor women and how to sign up for it. So that should be interesting. So stick around after her talk. Um, oh, and then the Saturday after that, so March 24th, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., uh, we will have a well and septic training. So that way uh, we all can learn how those things work because I don't know how they work. <laughs> yeah, that stuff kind of goes over my head. So They are a mystery, but it's important to know and understand the ways in which they work because, you know, yeah. our water is important and that's a way to protect our water. Oh, and the best part is you actually, if you sign up for the class and show up and attend the class from 9 to 3, uh, we actually get, uh, uh, you can get your septic tanks pumped for oh, free. Nice. So there's some good incentive there. Uh, lunch and light refreshments will be provided. Oh, yeah. For that event, so. That sounds worthwhile. Um, yeah. I'm, everyone, make sure you go sign up for that. Um, septic well training is something that, People definitely overlook, and it's something mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. worth getting educated on. So Absolutely. We look forward to seeing you guys all there. Um, that's our show for this week. And Anything else, Taylor? Nope. I think that is all. Nothing from me. Athgeka. Athgeka. Our DNA is of earth and sky.